You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. HR Happy Hour Show. I'm your host, Trish McFarlane. Today, you'll be listening to a very special episode that I recorded with guest host Ben Eubanks. We attended Skillsoft Perspectives earlier this year and had a really exciting, engaging conversation with Skillsoft's Mark Onisk and Datacom's Wynn Sholem. We hope you'll enjoy this episode. Why don't we just take a few minutes? I mean, normally we have sort of bios we read through. When why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, about Datacom, whatever you'd like to share with them? Yeah, well, a little bit about myself is that I come from New Zealand, mm-hmm. and so it's a long way to come over here for a, for a three day conference, but well worth it. It's been absolutely brilliant. That's um, good. Datacom uh, is uh, based in New Zealand, Australia, and Malaysia. We've got. Uh, give or take now currently close to six and a half thousand employees. Oh, great. We are a digital IT solutions provider, which comes with some interesting stories around give me a solution and I want my solution now um, <laughs> approach. Um, and we, need, we needed something which was exciting to take us forward with our learning drive. Now, from personal approach, um, look, I bring 30 years experience into learning and organizational development and the digital world. Um, sadly, I've been around computing when they were floppy disk drives. I, so I, well, know the I was too, so that may be aging both of us, but I remember those yeah. days. Aren't you glad they're gone? Oh, yes. We, but you still have to turn the computer off and on every now and then to reset it. But some things don't change. That's true. Very true. Well, it's, it's great having you here, especially when you've traveled so far. So uh, we appreciate that. Mark, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do here at Skillsoft? Sure. And, about yourself. Yep. I'm Chief Content Officer, so I oversee the development of all the different digital learning assets that we bring to market and, and the different collections we provide. So that's inclusive of our video-based courses, which feature you know world-class experts and authors that we, uh, that we bring to market. Like even today, we hosted a live event with Dan Pink. So um, not only do we string that event live around the world, but then we take the video from that content and we'll have that up in our library. Um, as well as our digital books and our, and our audiobook collections. So all those things get integrated into a system of over 500 different learning channels that get deployed through Percipio um, and a whole, whole host of other learning platforms. Great. Wonderful. So, Ben, why don't we um, start off by talking a little bit about, you know, we're, we're here at this event. This is obviously something that's, you know, it's very planned. And when you've mentioned, I mean, it's worth the trip. So I think that speaks volumes right there. What would you say when are some of the things, I know it's early on, but are you either seeing that you've found really interesting so far or that you're just looking forward to? Is there anything in particular that kind of stands out so far? That's the magic of being amongst the myriad of workshops that are at this conference, that um, you know, we don't need to go out and reinvent the wheel. We can pinch with pride. You know, I people like are that. sharing great stories and great examples. The real masterful state here is to pinch with pride how people are applying this brilliant system, but also at the same time, we master it to suit our own environment. 
sort of, sort of like from our perspective, adding the Datacom DNA to it, mm-hmm. which again customizes it to some degree and mm-hmm. personalizes it to our business and makes it fit for purpose for us going forward. And an essential part of that was the partnership that we established with Skillsoft in the early days of this. We were previously a client with Skillport, but that would be more vendor-based, I'd be fair to say, Mark. Whereas when when we came in and wanted this particular system, and I saw it at a previous conference of this um, in Vegas, um, that enabled me to see what was on the horizon. I personally could see the potential of it, so we were globally the first adopter of this package. That's so great. good old New Zealand being first up. <laughs> you know um, what, though? I think that's what's interesting about that is because I, I get this question a lot from you know HR leaders who are maybe the person who is either making a buying decision or will be or part of a team that's going to do that, and they don't always um, understand sort of the importance of knowing that roadmap. So it sounds like that was a really big factor then in, in sort of knowing what they had on the horizon to what you were looking to do. Yes, the roadmap and what was being demonstrated was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Now, at that particular conference, what was so insightful wasn't so much what the other people were doing because it hadn't been implemented. Right, right. But what impressed me was the science that went in behind it. Mm-hmm. So if we understand a little bit about brain science, and the, the particular phrase from that conference I took away, it's not rocket science. This isn't rocket science. Right. Human skills and leadership package that, just, that we're implementing wasn't rocket science. I do leadership development but it is brain science. And to hear the science that went into what they've done with the university that they use with the yeah, MIT, MIT. Yeah. Um, to understand the microbytes, macro learning with microbytes approach that they're doing, to understand that it's 24 seven. We're going from the old school of 50 minute videos that then would chunk down to 20 minute videos to short, okay. insightful, authentic, and trustworthy videos of only three or four minutes long, part of a curated course. So I can access any content I want. Got rid of, I have to fast forward through the video to get the content. Right, right. Um, you know, um, I've got great stories about being nailed in a train, so to speak. And certainly where a person had just seen a presentation I'd made and he'd come up and he had his phone. He was one of the first adopters in the our business with the app. And he said, this is why I won't leave Datacom for a long time. And when I do choose to leave, you now this guy would have been early 20s, when I do choose to leave, if the company I'm going to doesn't have this particular learning program, I won't go. Really? And that was a very early, great story. I had that no is. idea who he was. Right. Because he's in amongst the mirror of the people. We both walked out, jumped on the train, and he, and he brought this up. Well, it's funny because everybody talks about learning experiences, like this, this universal thing, but then it's very, like, intangible. It's hard to wrap your arms around what it means, but that's an example of what I think of when I think of learning experiences, right? This person has an amazing experience and they're like, this thing matters to me as an employee, as a learner, as an individual, not just as a a cog in the machine, but like, I feel like this is tailored for me potentially, or this is personalized to my career path. Uh, Look, once you put my my learning in my hand Mm -hmm. with the phone, it becomes very tangible. Right. As opposed to watching it through a screen. Yeah. And our very first approach was a leadership um, stream of work that we wanted. Mm. This is why, as I said, we're first adopter of the package globally because we wanted to put together a learning package that said, give me two, to day, two days face-to-face learning, which mm-hmm. is generally, you need that shake-up. Right. You need that touch between concept and what leadership looks like. Mm-hmm. We match that with e-learning, which matches what happens in the two-day workshop. Mm-hmm. I would call that true blended learning. Mm-hmm. So you're blending the delivery. But then we extended it by putting a curated package of learning programs on Percipio, which extends the two-day workshop now to maybe a four-month workshop. 
and then that is the completion. So we've got a better chance of behavioural change, mm -hmm. which is what we're looking for from leadership. Yes. It's not about learning what to do. If we follow Simon Sinek's, you know, the, um, the why, how and what, which right. we've sort of uh, utilised the why, way and what, because it's the way I work as a leader, not what yes. I do. And that's what we worked back to, is the way I do my work. And the leadership package in Percipio was outstanding. I think I had enough experience to look at it and go, we want it. Right, right. <laughs> and we'll go with it. And we have not looked back. Good. Mark, can you talk a little bit about uh, one of the things I know was mentioned early on this morning in the keynotes, it had a lot to do around sort of the specialized approach um, that you're taking here with learning. And obviously that's come up now as something that's very important. How, how do you all think about that when you're, when you're building these things? And yeah. when you're <clears throat> so I think, you know, when we look at the market, we look at, you know, really where the key, the key skill requirements are. Um, you know, we've really found with our customers that, you know, that, that we really want to focus on and they want to focus on kind of three critical areas. One is leadership development and just kind of professional effectiveness skills. And there's a whole host of competencies and threads that kind of build to that. There's technology and developer learning, which is kind of the practitioner level of, of uh, you know, coding and networking and, and cloud technologies and so forth. And then there's, you know, obviously works, workforce safety and, and compliance, right? So we have, you know, an offering that addresses over 500 pieces of legislation and workplace safety issues that, you know, our customers roll out globally. So as we think about the market, we really want to go to market within the lenses of those three specific, um, you know, markets, those personas that consume that, and really deliver what we feel is a best-in-class consumer-led experience. And by consumer-led, we want to have something that's preferred by the end user. Mm -hmm. um, so what the shift that we've made over the past year, year and a half in the company is really trying to get very, you know, laser focused on tracking the consumption patterns, mm -hmm. you know, of, of, of our users, you know, when they drop out of courses, what search terms they typically use, what things are they completing the most of, you know, tracking, you know, basic, you know, Likert scale and MPS data. And we use that to inform everything from how we title content to how we sequence it, um, you know, to how we ultimately bring it to market. Now, you know, directionally where, we're, where, we're, where, we, where we start to head is not only, you know, looking at things from kind of a consumer-led, kind of the, the, the self-driven kind of persona that wants to get in and go through, you know, like bite-sized content, which obviously is a, a key focus area, but also focusing on what, what is the aspirational view of where people want to take their careers. Um, so with inside of the core, the core product, we've actually launched a new set of career paths that we've actually gone to market under the brand Aspire, Skillsoft Aspire. Mm -hmm. um, the first of such path is one on data science where you start with the persona of a, of a data analyst, right? And, and many organizations have these folks that have skill sets and things like Excel and, and maybe basic SQL or structured query language, something like that, right? Um, and as those businesses move towards the cloud, right, their data becomes, you know, much larger and the traditional kind of data querying capabilities and kind of analytics, you know, don't necessarily keep pace. And so these people that sat in business and data analyst roles need to become functional data scientists. So that's an example of one persona and one, one Aspire journey that we're creating. But then we're building out, you know, 15 others this year um, that will, you know, cover topics, everything from cybersecurity to data, um, AI and machine learning. Um, full stack development, blockchain, um, and a whole host of other paths. And we're also actually looking at that same type of journey concept also within, you know, the, the, you know, the durable skills, the professional skills, right, and, and in leadership. And can we create kind of those same type of aspirational personas so that folks that are moving into leadership, you know, can actually go into that same type of, a, of aspirational persona. But it's great working with clients like Datacom and having champions like Wynn because they really are, give us the, the insight that we need and, and really the anecdotes 
that we actually build our entire platform around. Um, and you know, I, I, it's funny. I'm actually recently listening to a book on, on Percipio. You know, on the way down here, and the, and the author um, in this case, um, Disruptive Marketing is the name of the title. But it was mm-hmm. a very interesting, um, interesting point that Jeffrey Cole and the author made is that. Um, you know, ABL, always be listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we really are focusing on doing is putting that intelligence in place that we're just laser focused on what the consumption pattern of the learner and we're always making the product better based on what the learner personas are telling us. Because if we make the experience valuable for the learner, the customer value will follow. I love that approach because one of the questions I almost always ask vendors on doing a briefing with them is, tell me about your, your most forward-thinking customers, the ones that are knocking your door in the middle of the night, like, hey, I've got an idea. Can we try this out? And it's fun to hear that you're you're going past the customer insights are valuable, right? He's, he said they, they've been pushing you. They've, they've had ideas, things like that, but also going beyond them to the actual end users to say, hey, they've got ideas too about how this could work for them and how they're going to learn because the, yeah. the vision of how it actually deploys on the ground with those individual learners might not be what we always envision when we're rolling out the grand plan for how our, our learning sure. transformation is going to happen. Sure. And you know, I, th- I think as Ron mentioned in the keynote earlier today, you know, one of the businesses that we really look to as kind of a model is, is an organization like Netflix. Um, and you think about think about Netflix's position in the market, right? You know, they started out as, as distributing the hard hard media copy DVDs. Right. That was the first 15, 10, 15 years of the company. It was yeah. an aspirational view that they could deliver the content assets online, right? So that was the first level, right? Mm-hmm. And people forget that they actually lost the rights for a significant portion of their library, but it was because that level of user engagement was so strong, the product prevailed. And then ultimately, they took a massive step forward, you know, about four years ago, mm-hmm. and actually made the investment to create House of Cards, right? And that was a huge breakthrough. Like, they had never actually gone through developing their own content previously. But, you know, as, we, as I kind of looked and parsed through that study, um, how they arrived at that decision, it was really looking at, you know, proximity information, you know, um, you know how has Kevin Spacey performed in other films and the actors and the cast performed in other films, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the platform. How does that content genre perform in that, that platform and, and, and other, other films on the platform? Um, how, did, how did it perform in the UK, you know, relative to others? And because of those data insights, you know, they were able to justify kind of that breakthrough investment, which actually ended up being one of the most successful programs. And it's funny, when you actually look at their success rate, you know, relative to programming and traditional networks, you know, if you get two out of ten, three out of ten, you know, programs that actually survive, that's actually, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're batting a thousand, right? Right, yeah, you know, Netflix hits seven out of ten, wow. you know, with their, with their own funded content. So that, that is really kind of the inspiration. But again, we want to be listening and mindful, you know, of what our customers need and, and be responsive to that. Right. Well, it makes me think of when Wynn was talking about pinching with pride, right? So you're finding sort of similar uh, type approaches that you feel would work, you know, within our context as well, which is really interesting to me. So very cool. When, why don't, I mean, you, you told us a little bit about, um, you know, where you are now. Can you kind of walk us through, you know, making those decisions? Um, now you're in a partnership, you know, with Skillsoft. How, how does that work? If someone hasn't done this before, right, do you have any advice to them on how do you start? How do you know? You've obviously been doing this for a long time and, you know, with over 30 years experience. What would you advise someone who's maybe new to this and they're, they're not sure what they need and they don't know how to find a good partner? What are some of the key things to look for? Oh, you asked the very short-ish question that I could talk on to. <laughs> you just go right ahead. Um, look, when you're looking for a partnership, you've got to look at the science that they've implied, that they're applying to their learning programs to start off with. That's useful. Right. Um, if not more important is to ensure that the QA that they put around them, the quality assurance is of the highest standard you can. 
I was a differentiator with Skillsoft between, without naming the other providers, the other providers mm -hmm. on the market. Um, it is of uh, no value to have a plethora of learning programs that have got no quality management around how they're presented and inconsistency because they're community driven. Uh, there's no consistency to our business. Um, it might be tailored for one particular area, but then everyone else misses out. We mm -hmm. had an early adoption rate um, inside uh, the learning business. I've only been in Datacom for two and a half years. But when, when, when I joined the business, you know, our completion rate was like 3% because it was wow. opt-in. It's right. opt-in. So learners would go in. They opened up a plethora of programs, but they completed 3%. Now, in oh, the yeah, first six months of using, using Percipio, get this. We had 9,000 hours of access, 4,500 wow. courses completed, 59,000 videos watched. Really? At an opt-in rate. And we aren't assigning learning time. These people are accessing it their own time, their own space, their own way. Right. And so that really did re-emphasize, especially a point that was made by Josh Bearson with learning in the workflow, mm -hmm. that they're able to access it in the workflow. Right. So just-in-time learning has morphed a bit more, but the ability to have these micro-sites. Now, that, what that is doing to our business is transforming us. Mm -hmm. Now we're working in a digital transformation age where speed is so fast, but we're actually an IT provider as well. So we are disrupting our own business mm -hmm. as fast as the market. My so goodness. I'm focused on our career development internally. So we have to develop people very, very quickly. So if you're looking at digital dexterity or digital literacy, because we can go from one career, you know, you can't be a financial analyst now and just do that. Right. You've got to understand how business works. Exactly. So you've got to be looking at the agile mindset. You've got to be looking at growth mindset. You've got to be looking at business analytics in a different way. So these people had to have access to that learning, whereas historically the manager might have just given them access to their own training program for their points, sure. not the broad area. Now that enables us as a business to stay up with an industry that we are currently disrupting ourselves. So yes. not only are we doing it to other people, we're doing it to ourselves, which is why Career Datacom and these Aspire journeys, um, they gave us an insight for what else we could do. And we've taken their idea, we've pinched it with pride, we've adapted it, <laughs> which is what my workshop is on very shortly. Um, we've adapted it, you know, we've got a core competency wheel now, we've got pathways, we've got a, a competency level that says when you first join the business, there'll be four key areas we'll be looking for every employee to do. So from day one to six months, you will be doing things like IT through IT fundamentals or something like this. Mm -hmm. But you'll also be doing agile methodologies. You'll also be doing quality management through lean thinking Six Sigma. And you'll also be doing some human skills, which is uh, communication and emotional intelligence. Now, if we can do that as a core skill, then we become Datacom or a career Datacom. Right. Not just your IT stream. So it's a multi-directional approach we're using. Once you get into the business, we offer, offer everything that Mark was just talking about. We've got the breadth of skills that says if you're annoyed with your, line, with your line right now and you don't see a vertical promotion, go laterally. Mm -hmm. Don't go outside the business. And we'll give you all that professional development the day you start the business. So you see those very strategic impacts pretty quickly then, it sounds like, because like you said, you're disrupting your own business with the approach that you're taking. And Datacom is a, is a family-based business. We have family-based values. 
like and that. we found that as a business to be almost insulting to be looking for outside jobs when we've got people who are inside the business that's evolving. So we needed to look after our whanau, our family. We needed to look after that from the day you start. And in fact, if we can, from the day they sign the letter of offer. Great. That's the next generation. But to come back <laughs> to your question, how do you do this? Um, Look, with all my experience, and I have, I, I have been playing with you know, PCs since they were floppy drives, <laughs> and I've been playing in the e-learning world. I'm an I've done instructional design, I've learning architect, you can throw all these words at that learning consultant. At the end of the day, this is the first business I've actually struck, which I've said, I want a partnership. Don't treat me like a vendor-client relationship, I want a mm -hmm. partnership. I want to tell you the issues. And I don't mind having the hard discussion, the hard conversations, and we've had a few while we've been here. It's a scab and all type conversation. Mm -hmm. We've got the freedom to do it, and they're very responsive. Good. You know, it's interesting to me because having bought technologies in the past myself, it's sort of like sometimes I think you get in a position where you're afraid to tell your vendor if you don't feel like you have that partnership with them. So that is obviously you mentioned the science piece being very important. I do think it is. It's not just a word. It, being a true partner, feeling that connectivity to the team that you're working with at that vendor is critical if you want to actually have those tough discussions. Otherwise, both sides kind of feel awkward. It just never connects. You're maybe not getting you know, the user adoption that you hope for. It just kind of trickles down in a really negative way. So it sounds like having that partnership also really enables that. Well, here's the user experience to the maximum. So we have got at the pyramid right at the very top very highly focused, competent people trying to drill down the data mm -hmm. that when they first look at Percipio, they might think it doesn't offer. And so they become the ones who are very vocal in our business and they need to have their answers because they are the leading edge of especially our digital needs. Right. Um, we've had just recently a need to really readdress really how we do Cisco inside our business. Mm -hmm. And so without hesitation, Schoolsoft have put their subject matter experts and two different meetings, two different, you know, two, two different subject matter experts talking to our subject matter experts directly. Oh, now I've got to say, you know, um, look, we're a business based in New Zealand. I'm looking at Schoolsoft, I know how big they are, I know how mm -hmm. many clients they've got, and I'm thinking, really? Are you going to put your subject matter experts in touch with everyone? Right. The response I've had from our um, VP uh, in, in Australasia was, uh, yes, we will. You give us a topic, you give us a problem. If you're having an issue, we need to solve this. This hurts both of us. So, yeah. back into the business, and we've had the right level of conversation being held, not having to be um, uh, fobbed off. At the same time, we see a roadmap, so it's very visible as to where it's going. And they've been very upfront as to what can, what can't be happening. But better than all of that, it is look, you guys drive our needs. So, if you tell us an area that's important to you, we'll prioritise it. There's no guarantee of a solution, but an absolute guarantee to looking at it, which is the best you can ask for in today's world. Absolutely. You're getting, you're getting a hearty nod from, <laughs> from Mark over from here. From Mark, yeah. that's right. Oh, look, that's it's right. a great outcome. And, and that's not the only one. Security is another one that for us is, is, is a major career drive. You, know, you want a, a long term career inside IT nowadays? Mm -hmm. I would advise you to be look at security because security yeah, isn't absolutely. one role. You've got nine different branches to go through. Right. With cybersecurity alone, we've got four different divisions inside our business that will just do cybersecurity, which is one of nine streams. Right. Now, for us to have this conversation about where's security going to be in three years' time, 
again, our SMEs got together with Skillsoft SMEs. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who got the business insights. We just got our needs. Right. So they gave us an external view as to where they think security is going. Unparalleled yeah. access to information at that level. Right, because they're a business partner, not just a technology partner, too, right? Yeah. So it's taking mm. it to another level. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we look at it as a great opportunity to, to the extent that we have, you know, technologists and curriculum designers on our side. If we can meet real time with a customer and just get mm-hmm. their perspective, especially an organization like Datacom that works with, you know, large, diverse, complex technology driven organizations. Um, that only makes us better as a company. And, and really, that's all we want to do is, is be the best of what we do. Right. And if you look at what we try, look, um, get passionate about big data, but um, if, if, if we want to look at our data, we can look at what our people are accessing. That's useful for us to mm-hmm. see what they're doing. Sure. But to sit down with the skills off and they say, well, this is globally what people are accessing. Now we can see what the trends are. And right. Learning, which gives us an insight to what people are naturally going and gravitating towards that we would never have. Why are they doing that? There's career pops, options for them. There's possibilities, and this is where Aspire's sort of come from as well. Sure. But it will drive our data back into our business. It's just knowing globally what the uptake is on certain topics inside the digital IT world. Great. Well, a lot of value here, it yep. sounds like. I, I feel like we could talk all day about <laughs> it, really. Um, but thank you, thank you both for coming and spending time with Ben and I and giving us and the listeners some insight into just sort of your approaches and, and kind of what's coming. Um, we'll definitely be sharing um, in the show notes um, both of your websites, and, and so people can go and check you out there. Um, when Where can people connect with you if they have questions or they just want to reach out and, and partner with you and with Datacom? Where's the best place to find you? Well, they can find Datacom on datacom.co.nz. Okay. Um, they can look me up on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn, okay. And it's Winsholom. I need, might need to spell it though. We'll, we'll put a link. In, we'll put a link in the show notes um, for so everyone so they can connect. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, feel free to do that, um, and uh, that would be best for myself. Great. And you can connect with me at skillsoft.com, or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn as well. As well? Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, Ben. Yeah. I can't believe it. That time flew by. Absolutely did. So, what'd you think? Great conversation. Great, Great conversation. conversation. Um, I had a talk recently with a CLO, just to wrap this all up, I think it's a perfect summary. CLO was saying that, he said, we didn't need like just a standard library of content. We needed our content we're offering our employees to, to tell you, when you look at the content, what kind of business we are. And it ties back to this conversation here. The kinds of things that you're offering to your people, tell us what kind of business you really are. It's not mm-hmm. just the same thing you'd find at a restaurant or whatever else. Hospitality is not the same kind of thing. And it's a reminder that every single one of us is in charge of making sure that we're reflecting the kind of business we are, we want to be in the content we're selecting or everything else. So this has been such a fun conversation. I'm so glad I got to listen in. If not, pinch with pride. Yes. That's my takeaway. That's your, that's your, that's your takeaway. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Obviously, I'm going to use that. So, well, at any, at any rate, um, thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to Ben for sitting in with me and co-hosting. And thanks to all of our listeners. Remember to subscribe to the HR Happy Hour wherever you get your podcasts. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.